Good afternoon. It is January 16th, 2023. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Limonos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? Boy, did I make a mistake not taking the day off of work to watch basketball today. <laughs> it's, it's, it was a bizarre schedule. I don't think I would have noticed if you hadn't mentioned it. And then when you did mention it, it, it just made sense. And, you know, there were some good games, too. It doesn't make sense. I don't think that it doesn't make sense because you had to work today. It's no, no, it's not that part of it. I totally get it. And Martin Luther King Day, awesome. I love how the, the NBA has taken over and said, hey, we're going to play a, a bunch of bunch of daytime games. It's more the way that they did it. They had uh, the, the, the Celtics in Charlotte starting at 1, and then there were six games starting between 2.30 and 3.30. And now that I'm you know done with work and stuff, there's one game that's just about to end, so there and there's a, a game that just tipped, and then one tonight. So there's only like two games at nighttime, and you just put them all on top of each other in the middle of the afternoon. It just seems like it would have been way easier to start, uh, almost like they did for the Monday before uh, before uh, election day, where every game started every every half an hour, just boom, boom, boom. But just kind of stick them all all in one go. Ah, it just it didn't make any sense. It seems like it's a way easier way of doing this. Are you saying you aren't going to have enough sports entertainment tonight? Are you, are you going to be missing something? I mean, we all know what we're going to be watching. There's there's one thing to watch. It was a wild weekend of football. I, I mean, we could talk NBA. We might as well wait. You got it up here right now. But let's uh, let's just leave the schedule as is. I don't know. It's, like I said, this could easily be another argument that the players' union just wanted earlier games for their sake. Who knows if this is entirely a idea of we think this is best for the fan base or we think this is the best for that. I, I'm sure there was some other decision behind all of it. So I don't think it's really as, as relevant. Now, that being said, the Celtics, whatever time they played, played very well. I don't know if you heard, Jason Tatum, he had 51. I think that's a little bit more relevant that he can score uh, 51 points till at 1 o'clock, even with your bizarre scheduling issues. Is, is that really what we should be talking about? That That's that's one of the – after after the weird scheduling thing, the second thing definitely was – Jason Tatum going for 51. I got the alert because he's on one of my fantasy teams, and you get an alert when they hit 30. And uh, I, you know, obviously it's middle middle of the workday, so I saw it and thought, oh, 30, yeah, pretty good game. And then realized it's like, wait, it's only like 2:15, 2:30. There's a lot of game left. It wasn't until later on uh, I checked. It's uh, oh yeah, another one uh, to hit 50, 50 plus. Uh, I believe he's already done that this year. But he, now he has more 50-point games than uh, Larry Bird and Paul Pierce. He's really good. It's so much fun to watch. It, we, we got him. It was we, the efficiency, too. I think he shot over 60%. What did he shoot, 63? Something something crazy today. That, I, I'm going to have to check the uh, you know check the, 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 the extended highlights. But I think it was, what, 23 uh, field goals? Like, that is not a lot. Well... Do you think that there's – is this an issue with the the guy scoring over 50 points regularly? Obviously, it's an issue that we are happy to have in Boston, but I, I'm sure every team is happy to have it. But this is, an, a, this is not an unusual thing anymore. I, I think this is like the third or fourth 50-point game this week, let alone this year. This is happening all the time. I, I'm not saying it's not impressive or that I could go out there and do it. I, I don't even think I could even get a bucket, but – I don't know. Do we need to rethink anything about this? Are, are we okay with this? This is this is just fun that we're just gonna have crazy stat lines every night because the talent level has reached it, or or do we need to offer the defense something to to ta- like? Is this too much? Like, where does this go? 
Like, is some is someone actually going to get a hundred points in the NBA? I mean, Mitchell had seventy one two two weeks ago. Like, that's I'm I'm not upset too much by it. I just wonder if if this is something we should be a little concerned about. Is is it still basketball? Like, I mean, I'm going to ask you in, in football how important the quarterback position is. There's a whole bunch of reasons why that didn't seem to matter to this. We we had one quarterback this 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 past week just two days ago had four turnovers in the first half and then won the game. So, so how, how important is that position? I just, th- there's certain things I'm, I'm going to wonder about just these sports in general, whether are we doing it right? Can we do this a little bit better? Is this, is this the best thing we want? I'm all for it right now. Seeing how we got the guy that's scoring 50 on a regular. So th- that's fine. <laughs> but I'm just wondering, is this still basketball or is this just becoming a video game? I I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm, a- I, I think this, this, this makes sense as, you said you know guys guys are getting better guys are more locked in from a younger age and the whole goal of basketball is to put the ball in the hoop as many times as possible with you know without missing so it makes sense as we evolve along in this this basketball timeline that guys are going to get better and better at putting the ball in the hoop it wasn't like he went out there and took 40 shots. He only took 23 shots. He went perfect from the line, just a shade under 60% from the three-point line. I, I can hear the argument for, hey, you know, offense has gone a little too far. We got to uh, allow a little more uh, on the defensive end. You know, maybe it's a little bit rougher, just you know, a little less freedom of movement. But I think people like the, the, the high scoring. I think it, it makes easy headlines. Maybe you know what D- defense has been highlighted as well. I think Giannis has made defense look cool again. I I guess I'm just more upset of the my, my famous Pat Beverly rant I have every podcast you're talking about. Like, all right, is this this is the guy we've given the defensive attention to? This this, this is what we're rewarding. This is the guy out of everyone here. Just not that guy. I, I think that's the wrong type of defense. I think we've made entertaining right now. But offensively, yeah, it's it's great. I, I'm happy to say that all, just like all of the games in the NFL this past weekend, they were all scoring, high scoring. There wasn't any, you know, field goal battles or anything like that. And I think the NBA doesn't have that issue at all right now. I, I think the parity is perfect. There's definitely every team in the league that I feel like is capable of winning a championship, let alone capable of trading for something that could easily compete for a championship. I want to say that there's probably like half a dozen teams I don't know if it's worth going all in, but they are in a position where if they do go all in, I think you got to take them seriously. There are teams that have gone all in in the past that we're no longer taking seriously, such as both teams in L.A. So, you know, do it at your own risk. But I, I could see somebody doing something like that this year, and I think that has to do with a lot of just how talented every team is and a lot of players are. I'm excited for the NBA, but how about we wrap up a little NFL weekend here? I don't know where to start. Do you want to start with the... <laughs> The, what we thought was going to happen, what we didn't think was going to happen, or what the, the the impossible that happened. Should we start with that? The the, the Chargers Jaguars just tail of two halves. One dominant team in the first gets completely dominated in the second. Th- this is the quarterback I was referencing earlier, saying how important is this quarterback position when Trevor Lawrence can throw four interceptions in the first half? It looked completely awful. Like this team probably has two first downs in that first half, and then come back and have four touchdowns in the second half and and win. Is this is this coaching? Is this execution? Is the Jaguars deserve credit? Do they deserve blame for having a terrible first half, or maybe they make the right adjustment adjustments and corrections, and they were able to play better and play enough to win? I I can't imagine blowing a lead like this 
ever, even though we've been on the other side of it as a Patriot fan in the Super Bowl, the most biggest stage you could ever have it on, and we were on the other end of it. It's it's an amazing feeling. But part of me wants to wonder now, if you were a coach and you were interviewing coaches, all right, you have a vacancy spot, you're, you're a GM, I think I might start with, do you think you can win a game with a lead? Is that, is that a fair interview question if you're interviewing coaches? I just how 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 are you so good that you can get up by 27 points but then also so bad that you can lose that game like you're just completely in the driver's seat it it it, it, it it's baffling to me i was shocked by it i was at the uh, the hoop hall classic on saturday so was not watching this game i actually had some really good wi-fi there and if the game had been closer in the first half, I would have, you know, had, had it on my phone, you know, kind of dual dual screening, if you will, you know, live and and, uh, and on the on the phone. I'd been watching basketball earlier in the day, no problem. But it was twenty seven nothing at the half, and I thought the Chargers were better. I thought the Chargers were going to win. I saw, oh, I guess at the half, uh, you know, it was twenty seven to seven. So they, you know, had, had gotten a little close, but still, like this, this is, you know, this is a blowout. This isn't going to happen. And then it wasn't until. Uh, after, after the ride home, I, I have to check my phone. I have all of these alerts. I got people reaching out to me saying, dude, what what just happened here? So uh, I'm disappointed that, you know, I missed the, the, the massive comeback because it was like this game was over. This game was over a long time ago. And somehow, I don't know, does it have to do with the, the Chargers not resting their guys in, in week 18? Okay, so they probably do win this game. If Mike Williams plays, I, I think that's a fair, that's a fair, it was a one point game. They, they are probably one point better, at least one point better if Mike Williams plays. Now, with that being said, they're also a 27 point favorite in this game on their own control and their own power. If they just run the ball more than eight times in the second half, I, I think it's that simple. You, you know, all right, we play like blackjack, right? You know, you have like the standard rules of like, all right, this is what the book says. This gives you the best odds for all that. And we hear about the numbers and in all of that, you know, in, in in this in this game right here, the numbers said that if you can go for a two point conversion at the one yard line versus wherever else you normally start it without the penalty, that it's worth going for. That the, the odds are at, are at that. So the situational part of it wasn't even relevant. I think it was purely based on the numbers there because that's what the book said in theory. When these guys go against what the book says and, and they're like, yeah, but I've you know, I've been around football a long time. You know, it just seems so risky, so foolish, and to me, going against what the book said is running the ball with a huge lead only eight times. And it's it's not like you don't have a qualified running back either. And it's also not like you can't just run a couple times with the with, their, with your quarterback. Daniel Jones rushed way more times than Saquon this this past weekend. He actually had more yards. And I'm just saying you had other options to kill time here. It doesn't have to just be a handoff to everyone and to be a boring play like that. But you know what, a boring play probably would have won this game if you ran that a couple more times and you didn't just air it out and just try to pound this team. I I think that's I think that's coaching. I think that's that's something that everyone else would have done differently. And everyone else says or everyone else would have a hard time envisioning going down the road that they went on. It's painful to blow something like that. I think How does how does this keep happening? This is not the huge first huge lead blown this year. You already brought up the the Patriots, and you know, it's a few years ago, but it's not that long ago. It just seems like this has got to be one of those situations, and you really want to avoid this. There are other times where, like you're talking about, like following the book or doing this and that. 
it might be one decision you make. You mess up one time. But this seems like, hey, we've seen what can happen. And over and over again of not running the ball or keeping the clock moving or doing whatever you need to do to make sure, you know, that the clock is, is, is your, you know, that's what you're concerned about. It's like, how can we make this game shorter? What do we have to do? It's there's there's also I'll, I'll call it more the you know like the the Virginia basketball style of, of play as well where it doesn't matter if they're if Virginia is up twenty or down twenty this is the way we play and we're gonna continue to play this way we're gonna take our time in the half court it it doesn't matter and even though situationally it seems like you should have a little bit more urgency that there's a philosophy with nope this is how we play this is how we win our games and if we lose playing this way this was our best shot of doing it. I'm not sure. I think that's what the coaches get paid for, to make the decision on when you abandon what you traditionally do and when you don't. But to me, abandoning just common football knowledge, like, I mean, anyone in Madden could have won this game by taking a knee four times. It's, 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 it's that simple. Now, the other end of this is you do have some really bad penalties going on here, whether they were good calls or bad calls. Jaguars probably don't go for two without the the weird helmet thing with the Bosa on the sideline. Then he throws his helmet off twice, basically, in in a span of like ten seconds. It gets flagged for unsportsmanlike. They get pushed <laughs> up for for the two point conversion option, and then they get the two point conversion, and it comes back to really haunt them. Because you'd like to think theoretically. I mean, I'll, I'll ask you this: Do you think the Chargers would have won in overtime? It sure seemed like they were headed in the wrong direction. All right, but if let's say they survive it, right? They, they don't go for two. They just tie it right here, and and that this game is tied, and they just battle it out. Nothing else happens, and that they go into overtime. Even with the scenario that, that just happened, they just blew an entire lead. They are still now. It's basically 0-0, zero, zero, and they got a, a coin flip to maybe get the ball first. Would you would you pick the Chargers to win Well, it doesn't matter anymore. Remember, it's the new uh, overtime rules, so you're guaranteed to get the ball. Sure, I still think there's an advantage to, to having it first, but yes, all right, sure, yeah. I think you have a coin flip of really putting a lot of pressure on the other team. We really screwed this up, but we have a coin flip of putting a ton of pressure back on them again, of taking a lead again. Would you, would you have picked the Chargers? I think I would have. I thought they were going to win the game uh, to, to begin with. All right, so that's, that's really just adding up for me saying that this penalty – this penalty was massive. This wasn't just a, a screw up. This wasn't just blowing, you know, letting your emotions get into it. This blew the whole game. Out of, I mean, there's so many other ways you could have corrected this of all that, but this for me was, you gave the Jaguars this opportunity. This opened the door, did it not? Like they're not going for two any other way, and you're alive in this game. You're alive to maybe forced overtime. Ah, it, I don't know if it was a you know I think the other frustrating part is depending on how you look at the replay Bosa does have somewhat of an argument there as well but still it, it, when's the last time the ref changed changed his mind man like have you seen a game where that happened yet no so sure haven't sorry like I it, it just seems so unfortunate that being said Jacksonville advances I, I think we should say some nice things that Lawrence awful in the first half four touch four touchdowns in the second half. Let's, let's focus on that, right? That, that good. That was good. There was some great drives on there, spacing it out. I think he got a little help with some you know, yards after the carry with some guys, just fighting it out for him. But, you know, <laughs> how important is the quarterback position, Zach? Like, do you think Trevor Lawrence is a guy you can win with? Did he just prove that, or did he just say, like, this is what it's going to be? It's going to be hot and cold. I think he's still a, he's still a young QB. 
uh, and I think that the resiliency, I think that's something that you can build on for next year in, in the years going forward. Uh, like, what, what was it? Three, three turnovers in the first half. And you said all year, you are not a uh, Trevor Lawrence fan. He's said, turns the ball over too much, but this is the other side of that of, Hey, he could have easily put his head down and said, Hey, we're, we're down by 20 points. This is over like uh, season over, but no, Stuck around. No, the quarterback is still very important. It's the most important position in, in sports. All right, then how come all of these guys still had chances to win this game? All of these teams put up points, by the way. Miami 31 with their Skyler Thompson. They had a chance to win that game. I mean, kind of had a chance. They weren't completely out of it. I think you throw around the Tua thing, and it, it gets a little interesting here. I, I don't know if it changes that much. I mean, Huntley, yesterday, with, without a crazy turnover at the goal line, he might be winning. He's he's a backup right there. I don't know whether we're crediting these these backups. Brock Purdy, he's a backup. <laughs> They're winning games, or they were staying in games. You were able to do it with all these. And wait, I, didn't didn't I lay this out last week? Purdy's a backup backup. I know. <laughs> I I don't believe it. I actually I think he's a starter. I actually out of all the guys I just named, I, I think he's great. I, he wasn't perfect either, but I like. I like that he looked like a second half Trevor Lawrence. Is is that is that a compliment I can start handing out now? Is that <laughs> Is that fair game? Uh, I'm just saying, look at all the quarterbacks that were in games. We make such a big deal out of all of it. Perhaps maybe the competition of the top dogs aren't quite what they once were. There's not really, you know, I mean, even Joe Burrow wasn't fantastic this weekend. Josh Allen's certainly a couple head scratchers here and there regularly over the past couple weeks. It's a hard position. It's amazing to me of how many guys get the opportunity to have it and how many guys end up with it and then how the playoffs are currently going out here. Uh, Gino looked great in the first half. Just want to throw that out there. That's another name I think I could say. Is we'll see where we're going forward here. But I, all of these guys managed to stay in games. Is really what I'm saying. All of these teams managed to score points. I, I don't know how they did points. Some of them are defensive miracles. Uh, how about we? What do, what do we want to do next? Let's do Miami Buffalo. I mean, this is. Uh, let's uh, let's do uh, San Fran uh, Seattle. Let's uh, keep it keep it on. Uh, we'll finish Saturday before we move to Sunday. All right. Well, McCaffrey was fantastic. I'll give I'll give you that. Gino had had some plays in the first, but it just wasn't enough. Just too much offensive power for. I mean, McCaffrey. I was, was surprised great. they kept it. I mean, they were ahead at, at halftime. I was surprised by that. I mean, they lost the end of the rope, but it's like, well, you got Gino Smith back there, and you're going against. Well, you know, if you you'll go past past Purdy, who is just playing, you know, amazing. You got you know going against all these skill guys, you know. You could put Ayuk, McCaffrey, or uh, Debo, like they're almost like, interchangeable. And where you put them on the field, it, it, I, I don't think I've ever seen. It. It's almost like positionless football, like they, they you have for basketball. It's 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 like the Boston Celtics. They could switch everything. They could just <laughs> yeah, kinda. I I like that. I think that's a that's a good way of looking at it. I think that's what's hard to to stop about this team. I, I also think there's just a steadiness with doing those sort of plays and having those sort of playmakers where we. We just need to get the ball in these guys' hands, and we have a couple creative ways of doing it. It, it simplifies a lot of things. I don't think it puts as nearly as much pressure on the quarterback, and, and that's probably the way to go. Like I, I mean, Daniel Jones, he, he ran a lot this past weekend. I, I think the rushing made his life so much easier. We, we'll talk a little bit about you know, whether the Vikings were any good at, at all. I, 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 it's weird to say that. It's like, yeah, they're in the playoffs, right? Three seed at home. It's like, all right, yeah, but Jacksonville, you know, four seed at home too. It's like, what do these even mean? None of these don't translate to normal like home court advantage here. But yeah, I, I, I think, I think Cincinnati. 
or not Cincinnati. San Francisco probably looked like the best team of the weekend. Is that safe to say? Hmm. I, I, you could hold out for tonight. I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, yeah, I, maybe, but I don't. I don't I'm, I'm not expecting either team tonight to really to really stand out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Right. Do you think that uh, that that Purdy next year is he like 100 percent the 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 starter for the 49ers next year? Um, uh, I think. Well, all right. Let me ask you this: How bad does his game? have to be for him to basically get benched after this or for them to even consider anything because if he goes out there if he has a good game say next week against Dak or Tom Brady either or he's he's out he's outmatched to, to whatever degree all right he's been great these past couple of weeks but at the end of the day he's a rookie he's never done this before at least some of these guys have been just played in games I don't think there's any shame in losing to those teams either but I think the only way he's not the starter next year is if he just goes out and, and has a Nathan Peterman game where it's three turnovers in the first quarter and we don't even have a chance of winning a game. He hasn't done that. I don't think they're ever going to put him in position to even be capable of doing that. So, yeah, I think this is their guy. I think this is the exact type of way they want to play football either. This isn't like the third backup where they've adjusted their entire offense. This is the third backup that has just fit into the way their offense always should have run and the way they've tried to make it run. And, and that's like... The, very, very low expectations out, out of Lance and out of Garoppolo. And Garoppolo is barely getting by for all of it. I think Purdy's floating just fine. And if he gets any better, which he's fully capable of, he's, this is his first year, he could get better. And then I think you got even, you may even have an, a special quarterback here rather than just a perfect game manager to run this offense. It's it's set up. It's plug and go with this. I, I, think, it, I think it's a no-brainer for them just because I've seen the ceiling of Purdy already – the floor of Purdy already is better than anything I've seen out of Lance or Garoppolo. And Garoppolo's had a lot of success, but it's just it's just him not turning the ball over. I think Brock Purdy's also done that and also made better plays. I think that's that's what we're looking for here. So I'm I'm in on him. Are you? I mean, what do you think? You you don't think this is a for sure thing? I'm 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 just wondering where you made the joke last year. You know, he's 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 a backup backup. But he's playing really well, and then it's just now these guys are going to be coming back. Both are hurt, so it could just be almost by default. But I just wonder, even if he loses next week, like you said, to to one one of the teams tonight, I'm just wondering: is it is it 100, or is it not even the? You know, I'm sure the coach is going to come in and say, "Hey, you know, we got open competition." Uh, I'm, I'm I'm curious. I'm curious to see what happens because there are a couple of guys there, as well as you know, you can always bring people in. All right, well, this was – I think this was the idea with Lance is that, you know, we talked about having all these interchangeable pieces. He's kind of that interchangeable running-style quarterback, I think, is what you're hoping for. I think, if anything, let's not let him throw the ball. Let's make him more complicated into that mix. And maybe, maybe that's an, another approach that, that could have worked, but I still like the way that they're playing with Purdy better than anything I've ever seen them do with, with those Lance. And I wasn't in on Lance to begin with. I, I was like, this guy – is going to try to make plays when they're like, we just need a game manager. This, this team isn't set up for a guy to just make you plays. You were very out on, on Lance. They're so lucky they kept Garoppolo, which is what the weird thing is after this, is that I feel like they can't get rid of Lance. They can't hold on to Garoppolo. What are they going to have, a three-team? Three they can't do that. But, it, but I also think in the back I'm of thinking, them, I, I, would they rather have Garoppolo I, as a backup, though, is, is probably the best-case scenario for them, right? But I think based on the both those guys' injuries and when they were injured during the year, I don't think either of them is necessarily going to be ready for the start of the year. 
okay, well, if you if you you should probably all right. So you want to have an, another backup in here for for, for these guys? I think you're gonna have to. I think you're I think you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to get somebody, and it's gonna be interesting who they get because you got this young guy and or. How much of it do you want to be a competition? How much of it do you want to be a straw man? If you bring someone in and, you know, Brock's going to beat him out. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's going to be, I think, delicate to, uh, to figure it out. I mean, if Brady comes knocking next year, what, what, do, you, what, do, you, what do you do? Over Brock Purdy? What do you, like, what, what right, do? You do? Well, uh, what does Purdy yeah, need yeah, to yeah. do to, to not have that, that, that door get knocked on? Like, does he need to win a Super Bowl? Can he get to a Super Bowl? Is that enough? Is there any way that you you don't pick up the phone with Tom Brady calling though? You always pick up the phone when Tom Brady's calling. Man, <laughs> this is a this is a weird. It's always funny after certain championships you'll hear rumors of, of players getting traded. I feel like this used to happen in the NBA a lot more. I think there was a a Tony Parker Jason Kidd trade after the Spurs won their first one, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna shop Parker for Kidd." You know now now he's got a ring. You know it's it's it's, it's equal value and all that and that. It just never happened, and I'm not even sure if it was even a realistic trade or anything like that. But it, it, it's interesting to think of what Purdy would have to do to to really solidify this. That we're not even going to entertain all of the quarterback vacancies that are going to become available over next over the next season. That's and this team's so ready to go right now too. Um, I I still think they were the best team of the weekend. I think that's overall what we're we're trying to get out here. All right, next game. Wh- which one do you want to go to? What, what's I didn't follow the schedule here. I just have the games written down. I couldn't tell you what time, what happened first. Uh, let's go with the uh, with the Miami Bills game. All right, Skylar Thompson. You know he was competitive. I, everyone's kind of saying, "Oh, we probably could have maybe won this with Tua." I don't know if that's entirely true. This team really struggled over the last second half of the season entirely. They had a five six game losing streak in there. Buffalo, I thought I just thought the momentum of the Demar Hamlin comeback more or less was going to be like I just thought this team was going to be awesome this weekend and they they weren't bad but they weren't they weren't dominant I thought this team was going to be dominant they didn't look very scary I've seen a lot of other teams look scary I've seen Kansas City look scary in the playoffs this team didn't look scary this past week that being said they're going to have a pretty juicy matchup coming up in the next round here against Cincinnati who is as banged up as you can be limping after a Baltimore battle but. I I'm not really I don't really think there's a whole lot to talk about this, this game here though. This, this seems like this was a, a backup quarterback that was injured playing against maybe a struggling two seed. It, it, I mean, if this game was on a neutral site, does anything change? It didn't seem like home field was was that critical. I'm sure it was colder, but you know, no weather. No. Yeah, no weather. Also, th- this game wasn't as close as it was. It looks like a one possession game, and sure they had their chances at it, but this this touchdown before was kind of like their last score to get it within striking distance here and you know it's fine i mean all right so buffalo san francisco i think i'm in on san francisco looking like the best team of the weekend that we saw so far are you in on buffalo no i think san fran looked better i i mean i'm just trying to you know kind of just look past buffalo just jumped out on them so fast and it's like 17 nothing and i wonder if you just you you, you let off the gas and thinking, all right, no, we're just gonna coast to this, and then you all of a sudden gotta get, like, all, all get, get you know, get it, get it all going again. And if that, that was the issue, we'll see more next weekend. I mean, we're we're gonna make some picks in a little bit here. All right, next game, what do we got? Giants, Vikings. 
Yeah. The, the, the magic ended, Will. Are you shocked by the magic ending? This this felt like this went exactly the way we thought it was going to go. You're not shocked that the magic just ended? I bet on the magic ending not and weeks ago and have been successful ever since. This team, this Minnesota team, having 11 wins, probably could have lost all 11 of those games. Like, easily. Like, not even, like, you know, we're, we're doing too many uh, theories and all this. But they didn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm amounting that to to them. I think that that's so. It just seems so lucky at this point. See, the problem was is that the Giants went up by ten in the third quarter, but it was the beginning of the third quarter, and then the Vikings scored. Not not too like long later, they had to go down by a little bit more. I think if they were down by thirteen, like the magic would have been there, but they didn't get down like enough for the magic to show itself that that was the real problem i thought the giants looked like a good playoff football team capable of running quarterback looked trustworthy which is a wild thing to say i don't know how we've gotten here i i'm almost rooting for his success so that they can deal him a huge contract and then be stuck with him for five more years i mean they're looking at that as like a guaranteed good thing i still think there's a there's a possibility where this is like an inconsistent disaster over the next five years and you're just locked into it on the flip side, you know, they won, all right? They got a quarterback who has now won a playoff game, and they are going to another round. They're going to play an inter-division inner rival here in the Eagles, which I think is ideal. They've seen this team before. I, I think I think you are you should be happy if you're a Giants fan. We're, we're, we're playing with house money at this point, and I think you got, you got a decent chance here. I know that's wild to say, but there's a style of, of playoff football of just saying, like, hey, don't turn the ball over, run the ball, and have a decent defense. Maybe don't do any boneheaded special team stuff, but some of that's uh, you know come and go. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes it goes against you. This is a capable winning, a capable team of winning against just about anybody. I'm not shocked that they beat the Vikings. Uh, you want to talk? What was that Statue of Liberty play? <laughs> I don't know. There was there was a lot of weird plays this weekend. I, I was shocked how many how many points every team scored. I, I'm wondering how much they hold out of. Oh, finally! You know we've we've been practicing this for 16 weeks. We could finally bring out the the scoring plays, <laughs> or or is it more defensive? Just like did not not able to hang, man. Everybody it was scored. more disappointed in the in the Vikings that it seemed like they had no idea that Daniel Jones uh, might run the football. It's like <laughs> what was it two years ago when uh, Daniel Jones and it's all you know funny where he 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 fell where he had a wide open touchdown, but it's like that was the highest speed. I think it was like out of any player, not even just like quarterbacks. Maybe it was only quarterbacks. Maybe maybe the legend continues to grow. But it's it's not like he's a slow, you know. It's not Tom Brady, like an old guy out there. It, did you did you not watch any film on this guy? It, they watched film. Force him to throw it. They watched film on Minnesota. I asked you if Justin Jefferson even played. I mean, I, he had a touchdown in the first half. I I got you, but the second half. I saw the gritty out there. Did you? You saw it. You saw a little bit. I, I saw. I saw a lot of Hawkinson plays. In I the first he, half, it was like right away he had he had the first touchdown, right? Yeah. No, he did. He did. All right, he played. Uh, Hawkinson. Yeah, but no, I I agree. You're you're saying it. You know, tongue tongue in cheek. But in the second half, he only had one catch for four yards. Uh, how do you not find Jefferson? Hawkinson was open all year long. Hawkinson was open all game. I thought it was the right button to push. I thought they pushed it a little too much. I thought sometimes they were. You know, forcing guys, you know, go over these crossing routes where they're just two yards short of the first down. And I was like, "Yeah, sure, Hawks, take it. It's it's third and eight. You're, you're you need two more yards. You're not getting it. We'll give it to you." 
I, I was this the game where I saw a fourth down where they they just threw it like five yards short and we're like, oh, maybe the guy will run for it. Like this is fourth down. Oh, to end to, to end the game. Uh, yeah, that was really bad. That was really bad because we'll get to it later uh, on, on on the next game. But like in that situation, at the very least, the very least, you have to give your t- your team a chance. And I could see if there was a, a guy made a, a crazy play, like, hey, there was space. Or, you know, the wide receiver, you know, the you know the tight end in this case, you know, messed up and, you know, should have turned it upfield and didn't. But this was, there was a guy right on him, and it wasn't even close. He hadn't needed eight yards. He was only at three. That wasn't the only questionable fourth down. Throw it up. Throw it up. Complete the- jump ball to Justin Jefferson in triple coverage. At least be past the sticks. Have you adjusted to the... Once we go for it on fourth down, we are the team that has agreed that this is our philosophy. We go for it on fourth down all the time now. I, I saw so well, many. Isn't that just kind of like a coaching kind of philosophy in general? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm look. It's. I think it's easy to sound big. Do you bad think and, they should have punted? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just saying it's easy to sound big, <laughs> bad, and bold on fourth down on a regular season game. But in the playoffs, situationally, I just wonder, you know, do you, are you still as, uh, you know, is it a little riskier? Is, is it a little bit in the back of your head that maybe we should think this over a couple times? Maybe we should go for three. Now, that being said, I watched a lot of teams trust their special teams this weekend and over the regular season here. And when your kicker misses the kick, when you're like, no, nah, you know what? I know our offense could get it, but our, our special teams can definitely get this three points. And they don't get the three points. It, it's just that that must be just mind blowing and just it must it must really screw with everybody, especially the, the kicker who you're going to need again. Also, by the way, who you just told some million dollar superstar quarterback. Nah, man, hit the bench. Uh, we're we're going to give it to the kicker. It's it's awesome when it's Justin Tucker. It's it's not so awesome when it's anyone else, man. It's just it, it sucks. When I they think miss. you have to keep with whatever your regular season philosophy your general philosophy I, I don't know if there's some sort of sheet like you were talking about with uh, uh, Blackjack earlier. I hope it's a little more complicated than that because you're a football team and there's a head coach and a whole bunch of assistant coach all making millions of dollars. But I don't think you – I think if you start in the playoffs going, ah, well, this is a little more riskier, and now you are just th- – that's loser talk. You are just going to talk yourself into circles and you're going to be paralyzed you're not going to be able to make the, the right decision. So I think you have to do what you were doing during the year. And if you got a play you think can work, and or if, if this is the situation, depending on field and timing, you, you, you stick with it. You don't change because it's the playoffs. And also, it's tough because you're going to have people like us talking about it later, but it can't just be what the outcome is. Anytime a trick play works, it's, oh, that was awesome. When a trick play doesn't work, it's, oh, that was really stupid. But you can't just think about it like that. You got to look at it like, was this worth the risk? Do you think that this could have worked? Was it because it wasn't executed correctly? What was the situation? It's similar with the, are you going for it on fourth down? Are you kicking a field goal? It can't just be based off of, did the kicker make it or did you get the fourth down? It has to be, there are other factors that need to be looked at. All right. There's only one time where I think you should throw out everything you just said. Do you, do you want to know what it is? Uh, hit me with it. The only time you should you know, question what you've been doing all game and, and, and alter from what you've been doing is when you're up 20 plus points, you should just take a goddamn knee three times in a row or run the ball more than eight times 
And I promise you, you will still win this game. Sure, you want to go gun ho if this is how we play. We throw the damn ball four times every time. You know what's going to happen? You're going to give an opportunity to another team that is just waiting for you to give them that. They have no they have no choice. They only can benefit off the opportunities you hand them. If you don't hand them any t- enough time, they can't come back. I think that's the only time you throw it all out there. Look, sometimes you're just the better team. Sure. And I think the Chargers really tried to prove we're just the better team. We don't even need to do that. We can just keep doing this. Well, that didn't that didn't work, right? You you weren't like clearly the better team. This is the only scenario in which that that sort of strategy works. When you get to the Super Bowl and you're you're a team like Atlanta, I almost think it's just justified of, of like no, we're we're in the Super Bowl. We beat everybody but this team that we're we're, we're supposed to beat now, and we're up twenty eight to three. You're, you're telling me I should just start running the ball now? Like that that's that philosophy for me is a little bit more understanding. I think it's a little bit. <laughs> I still think it's silly. I, I still think there's there's you know, just bite your pride and, and run the damn ball. But the Chargers weren't in that scenario. I thought they 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 almost set themselves up for that where they just weren't ready. This team wasn't what it was, and, and they're not, they're not a Super Bowl bound team. They're not as good as that Atlanta team. So perhaps maybe that's just what it was. I I, I think you're right all the time of just saying this is we should go with the way we we should go with the way we, that got us here. We should go with that strategy, but. Mm-hmm. I would throw it all out if I got a big lead. I just think I've seen it happen already. Like these, these teams, are, Jeff Saturday. Well, I, part of part of what I said was was time and possession. So, time, possession, and you know, game. It's if you're up by 20 points, well, then it's a little bit different. What is the what is the end goal? The end goal is to win the game. Well, for a good chunk of that, that's well, we got to score as many points as quickly as possible. But then at some point, it's well, how can we just make this game shorter? And running the ball helps with that. I think it needs to be explained in a different way than just, hey, you need to run out the clock because it almost needs to be compared to if you don't run the clock, it's like you're laddering, lateraling on the last play and you're down. <laughs> it seems very, very silly to do. It, it's it's basically the, the boneheaded Patriot play right there. All right, one more game. You said, you, said, you said that backwards. Oh, and we're up, and we're up. Yeah. Or tied. We're tied. Or anything. Who cares? I I don't know why I brought that up. That's a terrible. Let's see how much I've blacked out that memory. I just, I don't even remember. Yeah. I just know it was bad. I can't remember what happened. But to me, that for me, that that's what it's like when you don't run the ball more than eight times in the second half. The only play that it's not the only play to kill clock. You can still kill clock in other ways. But when you don't prioritize clock killing plays, I just think it's an easy thing to point to. Of like, you know what you could have done differently. Ah, just just throwing it out there. All right, next game. Things that probably could have gone differently. Well, we got Baltimore, Cincinnati. Is that the last game? Mm-hmm. This is this is a tight game. This is a game. Baltimore. What is there? Four or five minutes left in this game. They're at the goal line. Huntley is about to lunge from the two yard line. He's going for it. He he's he's just held in there this whole game. He has an opportunity to take a touchdown lead against a team that I think everyone knows is better than them especially with him playing, and that's, I'm sure, mm-hmm. added even extra motivation. So you know what? I'm willing to risk it for the biscuit. If this guy dives, he goes for it, ball comes loose, worst-case scenario, it doesn't even hit the ground. It literally stays in the air, and it falls into another guy's hands, who then runs, what, 99 yards all the way down to the other end for a touchdown. Complete swing. You went from being a team who was about to be up by a touchdown, or at worst case, three points, to being now a team down a touchdown, and time is against you. It's, I've the tables turned so quickly in this, and I felt 
so bad. His Baltimore has been cursed with so many injuries this whole year. So the Lamar side story of him not being there all all goes put to the side because this team played good enough to win this game, and they they kind of they kind of blew their opportunity here. Do you think do you blame entirely the play call, or do you think it's the the ball reaching that he shouldn't have done, or do you think they just could have ran a different play? Like it's kind of wild to do a a quarterback sneak from the two yard line, though, right? Is is that easy to question today? Weird call at the time. I figure you're right on the on the goal line. You give it a chance. You got other opportunities, and like you said, worst case is you know we go up by three, and now we've got the lead, and that's a good place to to, to be in. But oh man, especially too where you jump and you you reach out. All you have to do is break the plane. You know it it, it doesn't take much, but this is the kind of situation that can happen if you don't uh, have the ball security. But also too. What are the odds that it goes right into that guy's hands? I mean, any other time that ball gets batted around, it, it's all over the place. Uh, I, I, a defensive lineman that's able to run 98 yards and not get caught, uh, it seemed like a pretty blatant uh, block in the back on Andrews. I, I don't really know why they, they, they didn't call that. It seemed like it was in the open field. It seemed pretty easy. Maybe Maybe they think he flopped a little bit, but sure, sure seemed like he was going after, after the ball carrier and then got pushed directly in the back. If you watch it again, but. he, he kind of trips a little bit, or at least he looks like he's diving to try and do one last effort for the tackle, and that's kind of timed roughly when the other guy touches him. But yeah, I, I hear you. It, it's a possibility. Either way, I, I think you've almost cursed yourself, though, when you go in with these heavy goal line lineups, where if this one weird, wacky scenario happens and the ball comes loose and you have – nobody on the field worth chasing that like they're lucky Andrews was even as close as he was because there's nobody else on the field remotely close to catching him and and then I think that's that's another thing I think you don't think about at the time it's like no no we're gonna get all the big guys in there we're, we're two yards away from the goal line put as much weight as you can on there and then a scenario like this happens and you're just like well we weren't prepared for that at all <laughs> we would have we didn't have any plan for that it's unbelievable of, of a, a switch where you're supposed to go up and now you're down a complete bubble popped for, for Baltimore. Uh, do you want to talk about the scenario of, of, of maybe them winning this game with Lamar or, or is this Huntley played good enough for them to win this game? I don't think it's fair to say that, you know, Lamar would have easily played better. I'm sure you have a little well, bit more options. And now, and, and, and Lamar's Lamar's hurt right now. I was interested. Uh, would you think you sided more with Mike Vick saying, Hey, this is the playoffs. Strap up the brace. Let's make it happen. I played a whole season with a, you know, a, I don't know if it was a torn or a strained MCL. And, but then you had RG3 on the other side saying, hey, this is what happens when you, in the playoffs, just, you know, quote, strap it up and you go play. And my career got cut short. So did you have kind of a side you uh, leaned on? It's, it's, we've, we've talked about this before, you know, the difference of being, you know, injured. And, you know, actually, can you play or can you not play? You know, if you're going to play, I don't want to hear any excuses. If there's going to be excuses, don't play. Or if you don't want to, you know, put it up. But if you're capable of playing and you think you can actually help your team, you should play. Now, there's outside circumstances with all this. And, we, you know, we just had a huge health scare within the NFL. You know, DeMar Hamlin and all that of talking like, you. this is a dangerous game. And, and they're very, very strong, fast, good quality, quality, bat, quality football players out there. These athletes capable of doing all sorts of, you know, <laughs> physical activity. 
and you don't have a contract next year. This is, there's a, there, you're in a position right now where if you get hurt, I think you potentially cost yourself some money next year or shorten your career. I, I, I understand all of that. If this team was a little bit better, I, I think that maybe he suits up or maybe he has a little bit better of a chance of suiting up. But I, I think I think I'm going to trust Lamar on all this and that he just did what was best for him. It, it might have not been what everybody wanted, but it, it, it could have it could have been an injured Lamar who gets hurt because he shouldn't have been playing in the first quarter. Huntley comes in. He's completely frazzled because it's a playoff game. He just got thrown in. I almost thought it was better to just do this. Look at how close they came. The other scenario I just described, they're probably not as close as they were. Is, is that fair? That's, a, that's another scenario that could have easily happened when well, you play a also, player injured. Lamar was really good at the beginning of the year, and towards the end, even before he got hurt, I'm sure he was banged up, and that was probably part of the reason why I wasn't playing uh, playing as well. But I didn't see this team as this team was going to win the Super Bowl, then Lamar got hurt. So if you know we get Lamar back, we could win a Super Bowl. It's like, even if they – had Lamar came back and was able to gut through this win, I didn't see them making like some sort of miraculous, miraculous run. So it seemed like all the guys afterwards were kind of like, I don't know if we had Lamar. And then they they all kind of got stuck in the middle where it was, Hey, you asked me a question. I gave you, I gave you an answer. Would we have liked to have Lamar? Yes. Did Huntley play great? Yeah. He played well enough for us to have have a, a real chance of winning. And it doesn't mean that if I say one nice thing about this guy, it means that I hate the other guy or vice versa. They, they had, a, had a good chance to win. They probably should have won. And I don't blame Huntley at all. I think it was a worth... I mean, you go... You, you're you playing in a playoff game on the road with a backup QB, and in the fourth quarter, you have a chance to go up by a touchdown. Like, you're right at the goal line. I mean, that's all you can ask for. And then a goofy thing happens. It's the, the the longest fumble recovery in playoff history. I think the goofiest part or, about you it, you know, touchdown. Is was it technically an interception or was it a fumble? Because it doesn't hit uh, the fumble. ground. It, it no, it bounced. It does bounce. Yeah, it and it bounced right into his arms. Well, I I think that's the the other like they're talking about like oh he he shouldn't have lunged he should have you know protected the ball he shouldn't have done all that this happens all the time in the recovery was just spectacularly lucky. Like, just couldn't have been it's so in like stride. It right into his arms, and it, he's able to get on, on the right side. I mean, if that bounces a, a little bit differently, and he, you know, rather than catch it, he, you know, goes to tip it, who knows what could have happened. Well, I also think if, if, if it, you know, fumbles a little bit more to the side here, and it's a loose ball, and, and you're able to tackle them at the five, it's kind of like you just punted them, and they're at the five. You know, they're not in scoring position. You didn't get any points out of it, but at least you put them as far back as you could have. You know, this was just such a disaster. You didn't even – you just gave up a touchdown. The quarterback didn't even need to come out on the field to put up points on the board. Ah, that's just, just painfully painfully bad. All right, is that all the games? On top of they did have the, uh, the, the, the Hail Mary that almost was. That would have been wild. Off the fingertips. All right, let's make some picks coming up here. Uh, what do we got? Are you altering tonight's pick at all? Are we both staying strong on on, on Tampa? Uh, I'm not. I'm not changing my pick. All right, so we both pick. I think you pick Tampa, right? I think we're both in on Tampa tonight. Yeah. Man, I, is that just more 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 in on more in on Tom Brady than on Tampa? All right. I want to make sure, you know, after the game when he wins and he's listening to everything and everyone's saying that Dallas was going to win, he's going to hear us. Like, oh yeah, that's right, Patriots fans. Would you be shocked if Dallas just 
blew him out. Yes. Yes. Dak hasn't looked that good. So a complete blowout, yes, I would be surprised. I, I think Tampa's going to blow them out. I think this is – Tom's just going to hang in there an extra second tonight and just make a bunch of awesome plays. He's 7-0 and against the Cowboys in his career. All right. All right. So that, that's that's the first pick. Uh, this doesn't happen ever where there's a Monday night playoff game, so that's that's kind of exciting. And we do the podcast on Monday, so generally we'd be able to talk about this game, but we can't. So uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it next week. I know that'll be super old, but we're going to make our picks for the next round. I don't know what we're going to do with the to-be-dated one against the Niners against the game tonight. I guess we can – I mean, sure. If you want to call Tampa, I might pick Tampa. And if they lose tonight, I don't know what we'll do. We'll, we'll adjust it midweek, something something like that, right? Fig- figure it out. All right, first game here, Jaguars-Chiefs. I, I, You know, God bless you if you want to pick the Jaguars, man. I, 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 I think you saw what they're capable of and what they're capable of, and I mean that in a good way and a bad way. I, I don't think they're anywhere near good enough to compete with the Chiefs. Chiefs will be at home. It's a good story. It's good experience. I, I'm, I'm happy for the Jags. They shouldn't be in the playoffs. But you know what? They didn't waste the opportunity. And, and they're going to have one in this one, but it's not going to be a good one. I'll, I'll take Kansas City. Who you got? I'm also going to go to Kansas City. You were joking uh, a little bit earlier saying, you know, does the quarterback even matter? You got all these guys. Uh, I think you're going to see that with Mahomes out there. And uh, I didn't mention it before, but I think it was – the Dolphins scored, and there was, what, maybe a minute, under a minute left at the, the beginning of the first half, and Josh Allen just has that, you know, same thing with Mahomes of, oh, there's only this much time? Oh, for any other quarterback, that's Neil, and we get out of here. But, you know, for me, all right, we're going to take a shot. Let's see what we can do. And all of a sudden, how are they in field goal range already? So I think this week is when you're going to see a little more of the, the top premier quarterbacks that we uh, discussed last week really separating themselves from the, from the other guys. Uh, you can watch the Patrick Mahomes show. It's Saturday, 4.30. We got some Saturday games again. All right, next game, Saturday, 8.15, night game. Giants-Eagles. Kind of talked a big game about the Giants earlier. It's it's a weird one to talk yourself into, but it's really something you can only talk yourself again into against Minnesota. You know, Philly, Philly's been good. I, I think this is, this is certainly a team that, you know, earned the number one seed. But to me, it seems like they played their best football weeks ago and that they – they haven't they haven't looked as dominant over the, the past couple of weeks and I know that's wild to say that I would pick the Giants over them because of that and that that makes it even more tougher a decision here I really haven't made up my mind until about right now but I'm, I'm gonna go with the New York Giants it it seems like there's something in the water over there as well as I, I don't like the trending the trend of Philly uh, of the past couple of weeks it seems like they just got Hurts back and I don't know if that's fully clicked and Maybe the week off is all they needed, and they come out swinging, and they just kill them. But I, I like the way the Giants played. I think that's a, a playoff type of football that will be capable of at least keeping them in the game. And if they could stay in the game, I think they'll be capable of winning the game. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to go with the Giants. Oh, God. Go ahead. Who you got? Go ahead. Be a Philly guy. There's no win in this. I, I can't even believe we're going to have to say the Giants are going to win or the Eagles are going to have to win in a matchup here. Whose podcast is this? Who you got? Uh, well, the Eagles are the lesser of the, the, the two evils, and the – if it hadn't been for for the Vikings, right below that, or actually not right below, quite a bit below that, and it was more midseason, the Giants were, because this is when everyone thought the Giants and the Jets were the best teams and they were going to face each other in the Super Bowl and it was going to be all New York all the time. And I said, I don't believe it. This is, uh, you know, some smoke and mirrors. I still think that the Giants still have some of that smoke and mirrors aspect to them. And I I think the Eagles are going to take care of business. All right, well, that'll be Saturday night. Next game, Sunday, 
Bengals, Bills. This has been a fun matchup over the past couple of years. I don't like what's happened to Cincinnati. Has it? It kind of was not fun, like a month ago. Well, we're we're skipping over the actual fun games. We gotta we gotta bring that. That's the only important game we could ever talk about. <laughs> well, these guys ever. I think it might have to be noted to say like, oh, this has been a bunch of fun the past few years. Uh, I I'm trying. All right, I'm not overlooking it as if it wasn't important. I'm overlooking it as that I'm trying to sell that. Hey, there's two good football teams walking into a stadium. They're gonna play on Sunday, three o'clock. All right. The problem is, is one of them's got a really, really long injured reserve, and the other one's well, Buffalo. So they've they've been pretty consistent all year. Cincinnati, I mean, they they th- your opinion of Baltimore is is whatever. They're a playoff team, but I don't think that was a very good team either. I thought that the fact that they struggled against Baltimore is not a good sign going into Buffalo here. So I'll, I'll take the Bills. I it's is Burrow capable of doing this? Do they have the offensive power to? You know, maybe compete with with Buffalo, sure, but I I don't see it happening. I will take Buffalo. They haven't been the the smoothest, you know, two seed in the in the game here, but I I think they got a little bit more under control than Cincinnati's got. It just looked too banged up. Uh, who you got? I'm gonna go with the Bills. I think they're they're focused from from last year getting knocked out, and they they really want to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think they're gonna have the the storyline with with Hamlin. And I think it's going to be a really fun game, but I think the Bills are going to pull it out. All right, last game, and uh, this is a little to be dated here. This is the 49ers versus the winner of tonight's game, which is the Dallas Cowboys and the Buccaneers. We've both got the Bucks winning, so assuming the Bucks do win, it'll be Bucks niners Who you got? I'm going to let you make this pick first. I don't want to go first. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Niners. I, they just got all these skill guys, and I think it's just it's going to be too much. Uh, I, I think Tom's going to be able to put up some points, but it's just, it's not going to be like tonight where it's going to be close and it's a 10 point game and, you know, late in the fourth and it's just, okay, Brady time. Let's go. It's going to be, well, 49ers put up a lot of points in a hurry and it just the Swiss army knives they got. And I'm, I'm not picking against uh, Christian McCaffrey. I like the, look, the Niners can play a couple different ways. I think one of the things of having all those interchangeable pieces is that they're able to control the clock because all of that is, is on the field, is on the ground. So for a team to really beat them, they're going to have to beat them in the air. They have some inconsistencies through the air defensively. But that being said, like, are the Cowboys or the Buccaneers going to be able to put enough pressure on the Niners where Purdy's going to have to make a play to score points? And I don't really see the Bucs or the Cowboys – having the offensive whereabouts to, to put enough pressure on Purdy to make him force him into plays that maybe he's not capable of doing. So it, it seems like the Niners play the game they're playing and nobody else can force you to play otherwise. So just keep doing that. I will also go with the Niners. Oh man, this could be, I don't, you know, every time Tom says he's definitely coming back, I wonder if he loses this round, like could this possibly be it? I, I know it's not going to be, but you never know. And that's that's a that's a at weird some thing. point it is, but it, it, he hasn't given any uh, indication. I feel like last year at this point, we kind of had some rumblings, but I feel like I haven't got any rumblings this year. And every time they've asked him, it seems like he's been pretty upfront that it, he, he's going to play next year. Okay, so he could say that every time this whole year, and in a month from now, if he was like, "No, I'm out," would you be like, "Oh, you know, he lied to us all year," or do you think it'd be no, like? I, I, I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be mad or be like, oh, he lied. It's like, all right, no, he ch- changed his mind. And it, he, he he, very much, you know, like last year, could say that and then in a month go, hey, you know what, uh, I actually do want to keep playing football. So let, let, him, let him play as long as he wants. 
All right, side rooting interest here. We both picked the Niners to win. If Tom advances, though, are you going to be rooting for the Buccaneers or are you going to be rooting for the Niners? Oh, for for Tom, for sure. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm at. I would love to come back next week and be like, God damn it, Tom did it again. <laughs> Which next week we'll be able to say, you know, he, he, he'll be able to have two wins between this podcast and the next one, possibly. You know, like... Yeah. So let's uh another two game win streak, Tom. Let's two more to the two more playoff wins. Let's 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 keep it going. It'd be so fun to talk about. It's so ridiculous though. This team is awful, awful all year. They 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 shouldn't be in the playoffs. If if their division was even remotely qualified, they they wouldn't be in it. It just and that that's that just adds to the story almost too. That it was like Tom took a, a seven win team to the Super a Bowl, sub, a sub five hundred. <laughs> yeah. Uh, only only Brady. All right, so there was a whole yeah, bunch of he's, he, he, yeah. He's he's always got to add to it, you know. He's already he's already won multiple Super Bowls. There has to be a wrinkle to it. Like you have to have the greatest comeback of all time, you know. You have to have the worst team to ever enter a playoffs. There has to be. You, you got to add to the legacy. Yeah, you want to you want to know one more. You want to get the chills real quick here. Do you know what Brady's favorite Super Bowl is? The next one. Oh man, it's so good every time. Every time. All right, speaking of the next one. The Chargers are so bad this weekend that there's so many rumors right now that the, the it's like a Weminyama run at this point where everybody's after Sean Payton and, and it feels like the Chargers would be an awesome scenario. He'd get to play around with the quarterback of his dreams and Herbert and everything would be good. I thought they were going to fire Staley. I wasn't I wasn't like saying they had to do this. It just seemed they should have beat the Jaguars and there's a million reasons why. I think we talked a lot about it earlier, but. Is this Sean Payton thing becoming almost overvalued now where, where I'm hearing draft picks and everything? Because they got to trade for him, too. I, I don't know. If you, what what do you think? Like, is it worth trading for Sean Payton? I I mean, there's a lot of teams that are interested. In, I think depending on the team, different – I have diff, different different opinions. Uh, there is a ton of interest right now. I just looked it up. He's – He's 59, so for a coach, still still a younger guy. I thought he was a little, a little bit older, but I think there does have to be some level of concern that the majority of his success has come when he was with a Hall of Fame or future Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees. I think we're seeing that a little bit now with with Belichick, where the majority of Belichick's success came when Tom Brady was there. I mean, definitely early on with Tom, uh, it was way more of our defense, which that's what you know has been said as Bill is. You know, started off as a, as a defensive guy. So I don't think that that is just, it was only Tom and Bill had nothing to do with it. But I would just be concerned if I was a guy hiring Sean Payton that if you don't have a future Hall of Fame level quarterback, is it going to work? Is he going to be able to take a mediocre team and make them into a great team? Is it maybe just simple as you will, you'll have a coach that will at least follow the book? As, as I referenced it earlier, just, it's, you know, we're not going to have weird clock management issues. We're not going to have weird timeout issues. We're, we're not going to have weird fourth, fourth and one issues. We're not going to blow leads. I think that's kind of what you're doing when you trade for them. And I, I think that does have high value. But with that being said, though, I don't think you can give up too much for it. Like your team, if you're going to give up, if you're going to give up what, what they're asking for at this point, which is, you know, young draft picks, whatever. Yeah, it says, uh, the, the Saints are looking for a, a mid to late first round pick. I think that's too steep. All right, if you are going to give that up, you better hope but, you're not going to need that's that. But that's what the that's what the Saints say they'll want. So you got to remember, this is all negotiating. Of course, what? Why would the Saints not put this out? Why would they say what they're actually going to accept? So 
I, you, know, you got to start up at the top. Only maybe. All right. The other thing that's kind of crazy right now is I'm not saying I wouldn't trade for Sean Payton. I would consider trading my quarterback. I watched two teams over this past year trade their quarterback, and they were so much better off for it. I'm just just saying that that's maybe not the trend to be following, but it may be the trend to getting on. Let's just chip our. Let's get rid of Aaron Rodgers this weekend. Let's just bye bye. What can I get for him? Can we, can we? Is that is that a bad offseason philosophy here? If you can get the type of haul that you got for uh, Russell Wilson, I think it might be worth looking into. It's almost like uh, the the haul in the NBA for uh, Gobert. It's like okay, if that's what you're throwing around, yeah, let's let's do that. But I got to imagine. <laughs> Uh, not many GMs are too keen to be doing that right now after they saw what happened. Yeah. All right. Uh, last little basketball story here. We're, we're playing a little overtime with the clock, but uh, the Spurs set the attendance record. I think we might have mentioned it. I, I don't really want to talk about the record itself. I think it's, like, cool. You know, if, if it's a big deal to you, you want to make it a big deal to you, cool. I don't, I don't really care to me. It's not a big deal at all. The bigger deal for me is that somebody bought tickets to watch with <laughs> – like, you can't even see. Like, these are terrible seats. This is like the worst seats of a football stadium to watch a basketball game that is, what, a tenth of the size of the field? Probably more. Like, I think I have more beef with that. That's like, this is what this is the best way we could do this attendance thing. This is the only way we get this many people in here is to have. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be, you should have paid for the seats. They're not worth, the, there should be value in that. Weird scenario for me. Is it just for the record? I mean, what do you think? Are you, are you buying seats to sit all the way back there to have binoculars? I was very confused. I feel like normally when the NBA is excited about something, it make like I'm excited right with it. And really the only uh, exception is something like Lakers related. It's like, Oh no, that, that makes sense. But I feel like the NBA was just really hammering me over the head with this all week about, Hey, Oh, we're totally going back. Like really going for like nostalgia, which I guess is before I, you know, was really around. So that this is where the Spurs used to play. I, I, I don't care. And I was surprised that they put this on and that this many people were interested. I mean, for sure it was the Warriors, but the Warriors are kind of struggling this year and the Spurs aren't very good. So I'm surprised that they were able to set the record. You you, you mentioned it. I saw some pictures. Pictures look terrible. I've been to the, the Final Four, and the Final Four for a long time now is always played in a football stadium. It's not really the atmosphere that you want to copy. There are way better situations. I have talked myself into it being okay for the Final Four because it allows the maximum amount of people to be able to see uh, a championship. You know, it's expensive, but you know you should be able to you know figure it out on okay this you know if it was a smaller arena it would be more expensive. Less people would be able to afford it. Would be able to go. Fine. Yeah, you do have to bring binoculars. It's it's really far away. But I was just shocked that for like a regular season game, this many people were interested. The NBA was so much uh, like so excited to be advertising this. And uh, yeah, I saw so many pictures where it, you could barely see see the court. It, 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 there's a reason that a football is or that football is played in a football stadium. A football field is way bigger. I, I yeah, <laughs> I, I was surprised. It just didn't make any sense. Which which decade do you think this headline should have come out in? The 90s, the 2000s, the 80s, the 70s? Because for me, it felt like I was reading like a newspaper, basically. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, so-and-so's high school set the record this past weekend. You know, we, uh, we, opened, the, we opened the bleachers. We, we haven't done that in 20 years. It's like, 
<laughs> it's just a weird, weird thing to go for. You know what? But everyone, everyone that I saw there seemed to had a good time. So for me to say like, yeah, I don't like this because I wasn't there and I wouldn't have never paid for those seats. You know what? Shout out to anyone who did have a good time, man. All right, you were there. It's a record. Tell your kids. Yeah, you. <laughs> you know, you know. Make sure you got all those Snapchats out there. I don't know. <laughs> like, what do you, what do you do with this? It's so. Anyways, all right. Uh, last, last little thing I want to. The game was a blowout. Last little thing I want to pick your brain about. I and apparently I informed you this uh, last week. You didn't find this out on your own, which is weird that I somehow discovered this before you. But they are doing a new Harry Potter reboot. They're recasting everybody. This is 2025. I believe it will be a movie. I specifically believe it's confirmed to be at least a trilogy. We grew up watching Harry Potter, possibly reading the books. You sound like somebody who actually read the books. I, I probably read at least one and then was like, I'll wait for the movie. That, that That's all right. I, not exactly my favorite movie, but I will say it was it was a big movie part of my childhood. It was I, I watched all of them. I was excited when they all came out. It felt like something I had to do just to kind of keep up with everything. I did enjoy some of the movies. I thought they were much darker for, for kids' movies, and I, I, I like that part of it. I, I haven't really watched them as an adult, so I... I can't really give you a good range of, of like, yeah, you know, I think it's a great movie and all that. It was, it was a kid movie for me. It's fine. You grew up, you're a little bit more passionate about all of this, and you also weren't even aware this is happening, but is this, is this something we need to get used to right now? We're getting a little bit older. This is recasting. Like, are you ready for a new Harry Potter? So you, you mentioned this kind of like right after after the podcast, and I was surprised uh, that it was happening so soon, but then when I kind of looked it up, it's like, oh, well, now, now that I look at it, the last movie came out over a decade ago. And it's for sure just going to print money. So made sense. I was expecting it would be a uh, a TV show this time around. Figure, you know, they kind of did the movies not even a, a generation ago. So just seems like you'd want to do it a little bit differently. But uh, also, though, I've I've looked for it. I can't find any news on this. You'll find it. Like, I couldn't find, like... Uh, like who is directing? Is it Warner Brothers? They, what? They, I don't think they, I, I, they, I couldn't. I, I don't think they've announced all that yet. It's it's two years out. The production will likely start hopefully at some point this year, and we'll have all the details then. But all all I know is that they're not doing any more spinoffs with Harry Potter. And I think in an interview when they were asked about these are like whatever executives for whoever was it Warner Brothers who owns this some somebody like that and whoever they were asked about it and they were like we we were I guess they were disappointed with the. the the less success of the spinoff movies. And they said, well, you know, it'll make a lot more money if you just reboot the whole thing. They were reluctant to do that. They wanted to kind of continue along this world to do all that. But like I said, they didn't make enough money doing those other movies. You said they weren't even that good. So why not just reboot it? Because, you, you know, with the with the new technology that we got today, we could certainly do all of this. Now, we both looked at each I th- other. I think the most, the, the most difficult part is that you need child actors and you need them at a pretty crucial point where – when you start with them, uh, I mean, they're, they're portraying 11-year-olds, so they could be a little bit older, but you don't know exactly, like, what they're going to grow into, you know, on physically, uh, you know, emotionally, like, all, all of the things. So, you, you really, uh, you know, you could be setting yourself up for, for disaster. Commitment. I feel like this could have gone wrong so many, so many times and, you know, watching the, uh, over COVID when they had the, the, the reunion get-together. And some of the actors, you know, talking about how it's like, no, this was really hard as, you know, a 16 year old, like wondering like, hey, do I want to keep doing this? I, I don't know if I'm having fun. Like, I, I shouldn't feel forced to do this. So to try to get a commitment up front, you, you know, 
how do you even get a commitment from an 11 year old? <laughs> like it, it's a minor. So I, I think that they were able to pull it off last time, but I just don't know if you'll be able to do that again. Well, it'll almost for sure be somebody we've never heard of. I mean, there's not, I'm not very familiar with the childhood actors of the world, but I can't imagine them aiming for an experienced person that has done something before, or if they have done anything, what, what if what they, is uh, what if they do the reverse, uh, I guess sort of reverse of the, the, the aging, but rather than it being the oldest actors, you know, De Niro at, you know, what is the eighties, you know, and oh. bringing them back to, you know, to fifties. What if it, you just took a, uh, you know, a 25 year old and you just, the, the deep fake you, you, you want to do a deep yeah. fake between that and that so the deep fake stuff is is well first of all it's gotten incredibly good for one if you're not familiar with the deep fake it's basically you can scan someone else's face and you can basically make a computer computerized version of them and then they can do and say whatever whatever you kind of want it's, it's become a little bit more accessible in the technology i'd say most recently it was so effective in the the nick cage movie where he plays a variety of nick cage characters in the Nick Cage movie, yeah, I, yeah, I, this is this is making some sense to somebody somewhere. But they used the the deep fake between him acting now and the footage of the old footage, and they were able to combine them. So look, he looks like a version of Nick Cage now combined with a version of that, which is close enough to say him acting as one of the other characters dressed up with some different facial expressions and all that that, that looked just a little de-aged enough. And it, and I thought that was really effective. I mean, you mentioned the Irishman; they they did it as well, where they. They had like really, really yeah, that's old, what I was thinking of. really, really old, uh, you know, Pacino and, and De Niro and all, all these guys, uh, you know, trying to look a lot younger in, in this. And they and they do. But I think what struggled a little bit more with that movie was the, the physical part of it. Like, like at one point, like De Niro's character in that movie, like throws somebody through a window and you just watch him. And it's like, you know, I don't know if he looks athletically capable of doing that. I mean, his face looks like it, but his body didn't exactly move like it but you know the deep fake thing is interesting uh, perhaps it is something like that maybe maybe they're able to do just a look alike like the the daniel ratcliffe version of that and it's it's just a recasting of that guy acting that out and then they put harry's old face back on him again maybe, maybe it's just that maybe we don't even get a new harry <laughs> you're you're just the the deep fake guy that almost looks like him i i can't imagine those main actors want to go back I, as far as i know I mean, they have i'm, I'm, I'm little, sure I'm sure there's always a there's a dollar amount for everything, but I just got to imagine if you did that your entire childhood and it's been a decade since and you're moving on to other things, I, I can't imagine you want to go back and commit to another decade. As far as I know, nobody from the previous is, has any association with it beyond just the writer. But the writer thing is kind of weird too where she's, she's not writing new stuff and I'm sure there's stuff that they didn't get perfectly right in the book and maybe they incorporate that or, or maybe this ends up being... A terrible, like, Hollywood version of an almost Harry Potter story. They just, I don't know, they Disneyfy it, something, something crazy like that. I just hope it's, I hope it's still a dark movie. Like, I, I don't want this to be, you know, not that Marvel isn't dark, but it, I thought Harry Potter was way darker than any superhero movie I've seen. Is that, is that crazy? Uh, I mean, it's probably in between Marvel and DC. I, I hope they keep that maturity though I, th I just thought it was and you mentioned like some of the scenes how you kind of have to like you can't you can't just playground this kind of stuff you can't just make it all happy <laughs> there's there's some serious serious consequences in that movie uh anyways it's coming i i you'll i'll find you an article i'll, I'll send it to you all right but either way in two years there's gonna be a new harry potter and it's gonna be somebody other than daniel ratcliffe and that's uh 
That's that's news. All right, you you probably heard it here first. There you go. Breaking news. Little of column A, little of column B. Anything else you want to add for the people out there? Yeah, uh, the reason uh, I said earlier that I missed the the, the Saturday football games is because I was at the the Hoop Hall Classic, which is all the premier high school basketball teams and those players. Any D1 top guy, any of the guys going to the NBA, uh, you know, you'll recognize all of these all of these schools and all of these names. But just wanted to uh, put couple of names on, uh, on on your radar really just one in particular and that is uh cameron boozer i didn't realize going into it because he is on uh it's carlos boozer's son uh they're, they're twins there's car uh, there's cameron and kaden but uh cameron six foot nine 215 uh i was like how did i how did i miss this it's because they're only sophomores he was one of the most impressive players that I saw. At six foot nine, he was shooting threes. He was driving to the hoop. He uh, outletting uh, passes uh, very quickly. Just looked very in control. So, uh, yeah. few years away from even playing in in college, but that was definitely one of the the most impressive guys that uh, that I saw. Uh, Coach Cal, after his huge win at uh, Tennessee on Saturday uh, afternoon by seven seven thirty. He was in attendance. So if you have ever thought, hey, uh, I'd like to be a college basketball coach, that seems like a bunch of fun and not incredibly stressful and a lot of travel, uh, you, you might be incorrect. <laughs> hey, uh, just just one little side note. Uh, you mentioned they're Carlos Boozer's uh, children. Uh, what, what what college did, uh, did, did he go to again? What, what was that? Uh, Carlos Boozer was a national championship at uh, Duke University. Oh, that's right. I, I wonder if it'll be like father like son. So sure, yeah. Keep your eye out for some some future Duke recruits well, here. It's basically what we're going down. They they have both said that they haven't made a decision. That uh, they've even said that Duke is in, in in the front running. We have offered them as well as the guy's name is Cameron. How could he not? I don't know. I wonder if uh, Coach K not being there is a, is a weird. Thing going on right now but you know what either way shout out to them glad you had a good time glad you got to see some good talent we're gonna see some good games tonight one more time Brady one more game just 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 do it for us I don't like Dallas nobody does let's get the job done we'll be <laughs> back next week thank you as always for listening Column A, little column B.